Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Way podcast where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am your host, Johnny Masato, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? Sir Devin Nakoba. Howdy. And our special guest coming on in a little bit is Mr. Nathan Alveyao. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before we begin, let me remind our listeners of the way they can stay in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. Then you can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts to listen to the podcast. And when you're there, Devin, what do you do? Uh, you make sure that you give us five stars? Five stars. Yes. Uh, if, there's if, an if you don't want to give, give us more. five stars, it's cool. Just don't give us a rating. Yeah. Because it messes the whole algorithm up. That's that right. means they're giving us zero, though. That's even oh, worse. Oh, that's fine. No, no, no. Just no, don't zero, log. Zero just don't is do actually okay. Just pass, just pass by and go, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you'd like to, oh, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com as well. If you'd like to help the show and get more music on the channel, please go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and donate. There you'll be more involved with the show and help determine who and what is filmed. Um, this Thursday... Plus we have cool stuff at the end, like yeah. stuff like this. So we have uh, a professional with us <coughs> and hopefully we'll get him to play because he brought his guitar and you'll only be able to catch that on Patreon. That's right. You want to hear Nathan live? The yeah. only way to hear him ever. The only way. Is on the Patreon. Because he never plays anywhere else. <laughs> You'll never see him again. <laughs> You'll never see him. Yeah. Uh, this this Thursday on Twitch, I believe, is going to just be me and Darren. Oh, okay. Uh, so, real chill, laid back Twitch this Thursday. I'd like to thank Kupu Kupu Landscaping, Landscape Architects, our sponsor, as well as Fort Ruger Market. Thank you so much for being there. And uh, Fort Ruger, we had... Uh, Last Thursday, they actually gave us some food for the Twitch as well. I'm trying oh, to remember oh, what wow. we got, but it was good. It was a, po- a lot of poke, and we had some chichiron. And I wasn't and, uh, here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> neither was us. We didn't get to eat it. Yeah. You can find Devin on Kumu 94.7 in the mornings, and you can go yes. to highlifeclothing.com to find Kyle. Okay, that's it. Anybody else got any announcements coming up? <laughs> you know, it's funny because nope. I, I always feel like oh, I have maybe a gig to plug or something, but I haven't had a gig in months well, now. Well, d- you did reschedule, right? Yeah, so we have the Pure Heart concert coming up October 26th. Okay. Cool. Uh, but that's. Can't buy tickets to that. But What about <laughs> uh, Dr. Mori? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Okay, so. D- this is where the 10 minutes part comes from. Because yeah. it's actually five minutes, and then John has to be reminded about the other <laughs> stuff. That's right. Okay. So, <laughs> Kyle, wha- why don't you start with the story of what happened to Dr. Jill's van, oh, and then yeah. I'll go into where they can help out. Okay, Dr. Omori has a, uh, is in charge of a project called Home Project, which is a project that goes around the island and helps communities, the houses communities and stuff, give free medical um, services for them. And they drive around in a big camping van. Um, and what happened over the weekend is they got vandalized. So it was all over the news and everything. And she started a GoFundMe page because even before that, the van's catalytic converter got stolen. Oh, really? So, yeah. So not only... <laughs> that van is taking a beating, man, but it it's also serves the community. So, yeah. you know, what she did was she put together a GoFundMe or her organization put together a GoFundMe and they raised enough money to get that van f- um, not repainted, but, you know, when they stick the vinyl on it, wrapped? Yeah. So they're going to wrap the van now. Which is great, and yeah. hopefully it'll be a deterrent to more vandalism <laughs> in the future. Yeah, um, I've heard they also might park it in a more secure place from now, because oh. I think eight, I think 
if I'm not mistaken, I think HPD is going to help out with the oh, parking situation and that. So, okay. okay. They're getting John? a new catalytic so converter so in as the, well. Uh, no, they got a new one already. Oh, okay, good. In the um, detail section, we'll put the link because I was going to read it, but it's actually kind of long. It doesn't just say GoFundMe yeah. slash whatever. It's like a whole thing. So click on the link below if you want to donate to the cause to get. Th they've already hit their $5,000 goal, but I think if for the wrap, it's actually more expensive than that. So they're leaving it up to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. It's a great cause, guys, and it's good for the community. They do a lot of good work. So yeah. if you can. And it's all and it's all volunteer. Yeah, so all volunteer. Like they, they get no money from any state agency or anything. Everything they get is from the public. Yeah. So. Yeah. So how about Dr. Jill? Home project. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. So that brings us to our special guest, Yay. Mr. Nathan Avial. Nathan, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be here. We've actually been trying to get him on for like long. I don't know since I we know. started doing this a year ago. Well, My I, dad. <laughs> I always feel bad because like um, Nathan was one of the first artists to ever come on High Sessions yeah. channel. She was nice enough to do that, and then when we started filming at the Four Seasons. He was one of the first artists to come out and film oh, for that. Right. And that one, like, there was a, like an hour delay. And Nathan, being the cool guy that he is, just sat there and ate and talked story <laughs> with everybody. Like, just well, you fed him. That's why. Yeah, that's <laughs> why. <laughs> <laughs> no, you feed but, me. We do it. Yeah, but, but you know, it was so like gracious and, and easy to work with. So I feel bad <laughs> asking him to do anything uh, because I feel like the favors are all going one direction. Like. I gotta go like clean house or something. No, or just no. Do yard work or something. At I his look house. at I look at it as part of uh, uh, free promotion for me as well. You know oh yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, and of, of course, like I said, you can always use that video for anything mm. you need. So just let me know, man. But uh, to have you know someone, we, of you know, what we do we get him to wear a bunch of Seahawks stuff. I have no problem with that. <laughs> uh, that that means he's not really. He, you don't favor yeah, he doesn't a certain have a team. team I don't yeah. really have a team. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we got to so so get so into so like... Really, it's kind of no fun because I wouldn't... It wouldn't bug me. You know, like, I mean, part of... Oh, no, I don't... It doesn't... We don't need you to bug... It doesn't need to bug you. We just want another Seahawks fan. So oh, okay, all right. If we make you a Seahawks fan, however it happens, it's all good. Marshawn Lynch, right? Yep. Uh, he's retired kind he's of a long time ago. I played with a team before that, but it's all right. That, <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. That's the only Seahawk I. I well, no, it's just oh. because our friend Taylor will hate the fact that you would be supporting the Seahawks. My 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 buddy Taylor is a diehard. In fact, Frisco fan. No, no. he's uh, Broncos. Broncos. Oh, that's not bad. He's that's kind of like my kind of third-ish team that I w I don't mind watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's so and didn't wait. Did it. Broncos ever play the Seahawks oh, in the Super yeah. Bowl? Yeah, in the oh, Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. That's the one that, that we got lickings. <laughs> Wait, no, I thought Broncos. From the, no, from the opening drive, the ball sailed over uh, the head of the quarterback. We scored yeah. a touchdown off that, and then yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, Seahawks beat the Broncos. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. killed them. Yeah. We killed you know, it was so funny. That was not funny. <laughs> Taylor's like, why are you talking about this? <laughs> 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 well, he, well, he was supposed to be here, too. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, Taylor. No, That's you know, because so what happens every Super Bowl is uh, I let Taylor pick whatever team, and then I pick the opposite team, and I cheer against whatever pick he picks, right? Because that makes it more fun while we're at, at the party, Super Bowl party or whatever. And, of course... The year the Broncos are playing, going to pick the Broncos, right? And they're playing Seahawks. So I was obviously Seahawks. So from that drive, I was like, in your face. Yeah, yeah. And I'm cheering for the Seahawks. But then after like the second quarter, I could tell he's getting kind of like, oh, I better stop bragging on him, you know? Because he's, he's getting kind of angry. Like, I, I can tell he's like, 
not not happy about this game. So I was like, oh, okay, I better I better lay off this. Yeah, because no. I don't have a dog in a fight, you know, so I'm not gonna go push it. In 2013, when uh, the Hawks won, yeah, uh, they played Broncos, right? And just by coincidence, the night before the um, the Super Bowl, I did a concert in San Francisco, <laughs> and, and so all my friends over there. And uh, backtrack a bit. A couple of weeks prior to that, they had challenged San Francisco 49ers, yes, right? Right. That was a game, and they man. beat. Yeah, that was really close. They beat right. San Francisco to I get to the Super that. Bowl. And um, anyway, f- uh, friends of mine and the promoters up there, they had a big Super Bowl um, party. And so they had a big screen and everything. So they invited me, of course. Went over there. I was the only one it's that was gear. wearing Seahawks gear. Everyone had either either San Francisco or Broncos, right? Oh, oh my and if, even if, even though they were a San Francisco fan, they're, they're going to cheer for yeah, the Broncos, course, right? Yeah. Because of what happened yeah. a couple of weeks prior. Right? From the get-go, we're all watching. Had about, I swear, like 30 <laughs> of us, right, in the house. And everything just started going Seahawks way right and I'm jumping up and down and you see all these guys and then not even the first quarter is done right everyone starts mingling elsewhere no, and I'm the yeah. only one watching TV yeah nobody watching nobody watching <laughs> now do you have a connection to Seattle or what, what why you know it's it's when uh, gosh from in the late 70s I'm not sure when they started 75 76 yeah 76 yeah well you liked them from back then yeah from the when they first came into it was something about their look the the colors and then the hawks and stuff that's the only reason why I started just because I think I was like what 11 12 you like the logo and the The logo and everything and and of course the first year they just took a dive and stuff (laughs) but I I like the look of them yeah during the Zorn days the Chuck Knox days and stuff Followed them from the beginning, and yet I was quiet because they were horrible. <laughs> they, 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 yeah. they went, you yeah. know, they had a few years here and there or whatever, but pretty much they were horrible. So I just kept my mouth shut. But then when they started coming around in 2012 to mm-hmm. like now, oh yeah, I'm loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, now with John too on the team, it was even more of a um, of a yeah. thing to root for. Right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's doing guy. good. Yeah, yeah. he's doing good. He blood his knee. Though. Yeah, blood his knee. And his, uh, in was the it a preseason? Yeah, hurt? preseason game. Yeah, yeah. Such a bummer, man. And he oh. wasn't even touched. He just and his knee just went. But that means he can't get. Well, he was actually on the edge of not being on the team. So now, he's still on the team. Still <laughs> like on the they roster. can't. They can't get rid of yeah. him because the, you know he's healing from. Well, why from would injury. they? That guy's so talented, man. Well, because the. the, the the Seahawks are really um, sorry, you guys. If you, if we you just lost half of our. Yeah, I know, I know. More than half, more than half, probably <laughs> actually. No, but I mean, the the Seahawks are always known for you know the best person plays. And I, I actually, I uh, Bob Condaletta, who's the um, a writer for Seattle Times, he had written, "Oh, this is who's going to be on the roster," and John was nowhere to be found. Mm. And I was like, "What's going on? Like, how come you didn't?" I, I wrote to him, and he actually wrote back to me, and he said, um, "He said, you know, I, I just I can only go off of what." I see and from what I see he's just not getting the reps the the thing about it though is that John and Russell have a really good relationship oh, yeah. and he Russell also has Wilson? a really good relationship yeah. with DK um, DK Metcalf so I, I don't know I, I don't know if he's gonna be around but every time he touches the ball he does something good mm. they give him a pass he goes 20 yards they give him another pass he goes 14 yards and then he blow out his knee and you go yeah. but they just don't they just I don't know what it is but they're just not giving him a shot so that's kind of a bummer but 
Well, what it. are the chances uh, Seahawks go all the way this year? It's, they have a 48% chance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I saw that. I was upset because 48% and um, they're in the uh, NFC West, right? Yeah. You got uh, Arizona, San Francisco. San Francisco, and the Rams. Yeah. Their percentage was actually higher than Seattle. Oh, really? Of making yeah. the... Of even making well, the well, playoffs. Could it be because of the league they're in? Or the well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, no, the NFC West is yeah, the toughest. Yeah, we have the tough. We're in the toughest yeah. division. So, it is you know. tough. Yeah. But yeah. I was a little like, 48%? What the? F- <laughs> 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 I think how Devin talks like he's the part of the team. Like hey man, one of the if you're a fan, there. if you're a true fan, and you went through all of that crap oh, that we went a, through in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, this guy's yeah. a true fan. This guy went by himself to the Super Bowl. No way. When he played Pittsburgh by himself. That is cool. That's hardcore. Oh, that was back then. Yeah, bro. Yeah, ninety five, ninety five. And they 95? got blown. And we got that, killed. That, no, no, no. Well, yeah, didn't get, yeah. They didn't get blown out. But it was what was bad was when I was like you. <laughs> Hasselback, I was right? like was you. Yeah, but I was like you when you were at that house place i was in the stadium and everywhere it was pittsburgh stuff because it was detroit which is super close so all of the pittsburgh fans came i was surrounded by pittsburgh people but they were really cool i mean they weren't they weren't dicks or anything but um yeah it was it was really a crazy environment and i did a it was a weird thing i'd never done it before and i don't think i'll ever get a chance to do it since but it they flew you in you watch the game and they fly you out it was a same day thing Really? Yeah, so I had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, get on a charter flight. They flew us over to Detroit. They put us on a bus. They take us Wait, to Wait, from De- Seattle? Or yeah, from, from Seattle. Okay, from so Seattle. I had to fly to Seattle, stay over, get on the bus, or, or get, to the, get to the airport, get on the charter flight, get on a bus. They drove us to the, to the stadium. We got out the stadium, walk around a little bit, get in, watch the game. Before the game even ended, like before the fireworks and everything went off, they're like, hey, let's go. They wrapped it up. They got us on the bus and boom, we were in a flight and we were out. Interesting. Yeah, it was a trip, but it was, it was still like three grand. But it was, it was like a whole package deal. Yeah, it was a package deal. So, I mean, the the package deal was from Seattle to the game and then come back. And it was, it was all on the same day. So to me, it was the, it was the cheapest way to watch that game. I think that's worth it. Yeah. So that was with Hawaii people then, that package there? <coughs> no, it was all Seattle people. So were you the only Hawaii guy? Yeah, pretty much. Really? Like nobody, wow. everybody was, look, I was looking around going, yeah, I don't recognize any of these people. Oh, that Wait. charter flight going back to Seattle must have been oh, really quiet. Was super, <laughs> was super. People were all excited and coming back were like, damn. Wow. wow. <laughs> Especially because that at the start of the second half, right? I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm like, oh, watch out for the. And that's when they broke that run. They yeah. Went straight right. Yeah. I went. Oh no! <laughs> as soon as that happened, it was, it was over. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. <sighs> you know, I don't. I don't. I was gonna say I wasn't gonna put you down or what, but I think that 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 doing that was a good idea. Oh, it or was. It was totally a good idea. Because, these experiences you you keep with you forever, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially from Hawaii, you, yeah. you know. Yeah. Who, yeah. We don't have that much of a chance to get to the Super Bowl, you know. Yeah. The funny thing was it, because that was that it was right before the it was during that Giants game, right? When they're trying to win the NFC West. Uh sorry, the NFC, they're trying to win the NFC and it was it was down to the wire. Uh New York had driven the ball all the way down to like the field goal and we're like, "Ah, oh, no." Cause I was I was on the phone waiting to call to get the flight. 
Like I wasn't gonna buy it and then I buy it and oh crap, I'm not gonna go. So I had to wait till we won the game. So I was like, oh no. I'm pacing and pacing. I turn, he misses the field goal. I'm like, we win. Okay, wait, wait. I need to go right now. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. when I think about it, like uh, even like going to a Nathan Avial concert yes, or something like that. Exactly. You know, you, you, I mean, for me, going to live concerts, I always think like, oh, you got to fight the traffic and the crowd and the whatever. But in the end, it's totally worth it. Like, Def Leppard, we yeah. went to see together. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone to see BJ Penn fight in a UFC oh. event. You know, that was like, I'll never forget that, you yeah. know. So yeah. I think every once in a while, you got to kind of splurge and, and do well, those kind of things. it kind of depends on the act, though, because... Or it depends on totally the event, depends right? On the yeah, because because <laughs> oh. some of them it's so rogue. They just they do the show and they pow, right? Mm. But I remember like Kyle. Kyle will always remember that concert they went to see Hootie and the Blowfish on Maui. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right at the end of the concert, everybody else was leaving. Like they, had, people were gone, and then Hootie and the Blowfish came out and they went, "Well, wave goodbye to everybody because we're gonna keep playing." They and did then like they maybe like going. five or six encores, I think. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, and people were in the parking lot leaving. And they waited, and then they came back, and then mm. the encore's on, they jumped in the car again. They had to come back again and listen to the four more encore. <laughs> wow. It was so nuts that night. But that's, you know, the, that's yeah. the power of, of live music yeah. and, oh, yeah. you know, theater well, and that kind of stuff. What was your most memorable performance or watching somebody play? Watching somebody play. Whether it be football or concert. Uh, I think the first time when I saw uh, Chick Corea Electric Band play. Oh, wow. It was in 87. And they, uh, when they had, we used to have that huge jazz festival in Hawaii mm-hmm. uh, at the, um, what do you call that? The Shell. And the lineup was pretty, pretty hefty. Had Chick Corea, um, all of a sudden I forgot the rest of the guys. But uh, they just released their first album, yeah, uh, the Electric Band. I'm a jazz guy, by the way. Yeah. And I was just blown away watching them, just amazed. And then uh, I think the following night, I had a gig at the captain's table with a bunch of other jazz musicians over here. And uh, a couple of the musicians came in. Whoa. So I got to talk with them and stuff. And so it was, for me, that, that was, that's a highlight for me, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you, uh, I know you kind of don't need any introduction, but we should give some background <laughs> on Nathan for anybody who doesn't know him. You know, Nathan is a... Uh, Oh jeez, man! This wind has just been nuts today. We, oh, so, oh yeah, only so on I, you actually. <laughs> yeah, I should address that we're not in our normal spot either. Normally, we're out on the lanai back there, but we had to move it here because we figured this place gets less wind because the lanai is basically a wind tunnel today. Uh. So we apologize for the sound quality, but again, COVID. <laughs> but anyway, Nathan uh, has been around for for a while. I mean, he's still a young guy, but uh, a while, playing, for a long played, time. played with Don Ho. Don Ho at, during, at wow. the Don Ho show yeah. and uh, has since become a great uh, solo artist and Hoku he's won like every award possible yeah, so I'm not much. even going to go into awards because he, he I could just go on and on forever but um, bass player extraordinary he can kind of do everything he sings he plays the guitar he plays the bass he plays the drums but um, yeah for interestingly where does that love for jazz and and the eclectic come from it had to come from my my dad growing up in ah. uh, a musical family yeah and, uh, my father started um i don't want to say late but when uh, right after high school he went into the military for like 10 years 
and then when he finally got out he decided to go to college and um, got his masters and everything in music so of course he had us already you know they had us and I remember um, he always loved jazz he always loved classical music always loved Hawaiian music as well mm -hmm. but I uh, when I was a young kid I heard more jazz stuff and classical music mainly because he was in school at the at that time when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old ish, and uh, because when you go to college, you don't learn Hawaiian music. They teach you Western music, which yeah, is basically right. classical music and and jazz. Yeah, so I heard that constantly, and I fell in love with it. You know, got into it totally. Uh, never really listened to Hawaiian music until I was honestly twenty one. Wow, wow, really? Yeah. Even in your family, they weren't. You they didn't play Hawaiian music. No, wow. no. How many um, brothers and sisters do you? Have? I have uh, two twin sisters. That's two years younger than me. One older sister uh, that actually just passed last oh. year. Sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah, ah, no problem. And then uh, my brother, who's like sixteen years younger than me. Which I always tease that I think he's the I'm sorry baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not the miracle child. <laughs> Not the miracle child. The I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the music. And then, of course, my mother was classically trained on the piano and stuff. So that, I heard that all the time, yeah. That's so interesting. So piano was your first instrument that you learned? Piano was actually my first. Okay. I was wow. four years old. Four years old? Yeah. We kind of had to, everyone, my father made us learn take private lessons yeah which I hated totally hated because mm. when you're that young all you're thinking about is you want to go out hang out outside with your Play, friends you yeah know? yeah but the actually best thing ever happened because um, I'm I'm not I don't consider myself a pianist I can get around and stuff um, I'm, I'm proficient enough to understand chordal movements and arrangements and stuff which I, that's what I use when I have to do vocal arrangements and and uh, orchestrating and which is uh, that's actually my my major yeah orchestration so if i have to do any kind of orche orchestration uh, stuff i don't do them on my guitar i do it on a piano oh. on the keyboard because i can see everything better that way that's so. actually really interesting because I, I i'm a musician and i don't understand jazz and i didn't know if it was because like i don't study like i don't read about it but I feel like the piano really opens up your eyes to it does actually does. from a visual perspective as to how that kind of music works and mm. you know where the chord structures are and all that because I don't know for some reason on the guitar it just doesn't seem as intuitive mm. or, or uh, yeah. you know yeah for me you're you're exa exactly right I can I can do some arrangements um, uh, on the guitar depending on what the situation is but then I see everything better on the piano but you know but then there's guys like I would say like maybe uh, uh, Benny Chong mm -hmm. who sees he can play unbelievable guitar I don't know if you know Benny Benny mm -hmm. Chong the ukulele, jazz ukulele player I knew uh, him actually from John turned me on to him a while back yeah, mm. yeah. I knew him from a long time ago because uh, uh, because of the Elise when I was uh, part of that group yeah mm -hmm. And uh, just to watch him, incredible guitar player, but when he does his vocal arrangements, he can't do it on a guitar. He does it on ukulele. He sees it better. Huh. Yeah. So it's strange to see that. So when you when you mean see, you mean you can, like you look at the keyboard and you go, okay, uh, this part is here. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a musician, so I'm, I'm trying know, to figure out what you mean by see. 
Uh, is it seeing the notes? Is it seeing the parts? It, it's seeing the notes, it? seeing the parts. It's a lot easier for for me. Yeah. Because I can see um, intervals better. Intervals meaning um, if I'm going C to D, that's one uh, whole step interval. That's what they call it. Yeah, C to D. C to E is a third, a major third, and then so forth. And you know, you have you have the, all the different names like that. Yeah. On the piano, if I'm hitting it like that, I can see already on the movements. On oh, the wow. guitar, I kind of got to look at it a little while, <laughs> like a, a few seconds. You know, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with anything musical, like there's a, you know, there's a feel part of it. Like so, if I'm singing a harmony, like if I've sung it a bunch of times, then I know how it feels in my throat. And then when I sing it again, I just know that that's the feeling that I got to conjure mm -hmm. up in my throat. Mm -hmm. But the guys who are really good, like Nathan, can see it, you know, in mm -hmm. some visual form, mm -hmm. whether it's on the guitar or whether it looks like notation on a paper or whether you see it as notes on the piano. Mm -hmm. And then your brain translates what you're seeing in your, your mind to sound that then comes out right. as harmony, right? So or 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 what notes you're hitting. Right. It's just like uh, even if I'm actually reading an actual uh, chart that has uh, that's notated, I can actually I'm I'm originally a saxophone player, so I can actually read saxophone chart uh, pieces better than bass or guitar or piano. Really? So like if I can if I look at the chart and I play play the uh, the saxophone, my fingers will hit automatically what the notes are. But if you ask me what the notes are, I have to stop a few seconds to look at it. No kidding. Yeah, that oh, connection in between. And it's the same thing like if I'm playing uh, a bass line, I'm reading charts. It's like the fingerings is in all different, is certain positions when you're looking at the notes, yeah? Mm -hmm. So if you have to, if you ask me what note is that, I have to either look at it and go, okay, that's a C, or I have to look at my finger and go, that's a C, what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, oh. it's, it's a weird thing. Wow. Yeah. I can actually call numbers better than notes. No kidding. Yeah, because we're, we're taught actually um numbers when you're holding certain positions like if you go uh c would be one d two you know and so forth yeah, yeah? so from c to g the g is the five right so my, my certain finger would automatically if i'm in that certain position my finger would automatically hit five if you would say five oh it then that finger would automatically drop down oh wow you know but then if you go what well, note is that i would, oh gee <laughs> you know, i have to stop and look wow. at it yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I'm so trying to think of an analogy of what it would be like. <coughs> when you're playing with the Ali's, um, what instrument did you play? Did you play all? Yeah, we, we you know, the Ali's were, were famous where everybody had to play a little bit of yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my main instrument was the bass. I played guitar on a couple songs. I uh, played percussion on certain songs, drums on certain songs, uh, keyboard on certain songs, depending on what it is. Like if the drummer... Um, who uh, is originally uh, at that time when I was with the Elise, he's a local boy, but he was Barry Manilow's drummer wow. at, at, at one time. Um, he's a great singer and he could imitate uh, Frank Sinatra as well. So when it was his turn to jump in the front and grab the microphone, I would have to jump on the drums. Is that, that's gonna be okay? Eh? Yeah, we tied yeah, it down. Okay. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> Yeah, sorry again about the wind, everybody. Oh, no, no problem. And then, so everybody had to trade off, and then we would do uh, like a little bit uh, where everyone actually played some kind of horn instrument. So again, mine was saxophone. Benny could play trumpet, and the other guys played trombone, blah, blah, blah. And then we would do some... Yeah, I, I, miss, I miss those bands. 
uh, the Ali's uh, Society of Seven. We don't have Honolulu, that anymore, yeah. man. It's just not, they don't Chan exist, Honolulu, yeah. 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 Well, because, yeah, I mean, they... they show bands. Would, yeah, they were show bands. Mm. They, they did specific stuff, but everybody, like, SOS, same thing. They all, they could rotate and yep. play three, four different instruments mm, at yep. a time, and, you know, and th- that part was always um, fascinating for me, because, like you were saying, bass to keys to drums to... It's it's a different thought process, right? When yeah, you're trying to yeah. when you're trying to play these things. Yeah. So, well, that's so when you con- could dedicate your life to music. Yeah. So uh. in concert, you guys just rotated every song, like around yeah, or around. Yeah, we jump around. Like in fact, the fir- very first song we did uh, to open up the show at that time was. Uh, shoot, I forgot the name, but by, it was by the way, the Elise were Don Ho's band. Yes. Not, not. But then they did. It was the Elise first, right? And then Don Ho was actually super popular already. And then the Elise started in '64 at that time. And uh, Don Ho got wind of the. Somebody told him, "Hey, there's this awesome group um, playing Uh like that." So Don went to see the Elise, and then he approached the Elise, saying, "Hey, you know, I want to hire you guys to be my band." Mm, I see. And that's how it became Don Ho and the Elise. So when you're playing, you're playing with. Don Ho on the Lees or just the Lees? Well, what happened was, uh, I'm like, if you call it the third generation. Yeah. You, you had the original guys, then you had the uh, Danny Couch era, mm. if you will. And oh, then I came I in right. I came in right after that. Oh, okay. And um, what happened was, uh, they took like about a three or four year hiatus. And then they came back, they wanted to start the show all over again. And then, um, what was the place called? I all, all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Poly- not Polynesian Palace. I forgot the name of the, the theater we played. But um, <clears throat> they wanted to start it up, and then that certain theater uh, offered us offered them something. So they needed, they needed to put the band together. But uh, the drummer, uh, the or- original keyboard player, uh, they all moved like one uh, uh, Joe Mundo remember that bald head guy yeah, yeah, yeah. funny guy right he moved to Seattle the other guy moved to the big island didn't then they like completely stopped playing music and wow. then uh, the, uh, the third guy left or whatever so they had to look so what happened was uh, they started scouting and then they put it out to all the musicians you know if you guys want to try out and stuff so they ca- I remember I was playing at the Hilton Hawaiian Village. I was like 21 years old and I was still in college at that time. And uh, I see Benny and then uh, Carlos Barboza, another, another one of the original guys, and then the manager. And I recognized Benny and I recognized their manager for some reason. And they came walking into the place I was playing. playing and I wasn't singing. I wasn't really singing at that time at all actually I was just playing bass and I was backing up this woman named Sedet I think it was her name <laughs> that was years ago <laughs> but anyway she was singing it was so funny because they come walking in and they sit down in the lounge and I had looked at them I'm playing and all of a sudden she's singing she's right in the middle of the song I, there's like three other guys in the group right but she just turns right around and looks straight at me she goes are you leaving? <laughs> I was like, what, what, what's going on? And well, sure enough, they came up to me, they had a long conversation, they asked me if I wanted to try out, and I said, I don't know, you know, not really. But I did, I think the week after, they had this tryout or whatever, went over there, and we talked about, about 30 minutes, and then they put a chart in front of me and stuff, and I started playing, and halfway through, they look at me, and they go, you hired. Wow, <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah, so, and then from there, 
we started our show and then like a year or two years after that don ho again found out that the lease started again don ho asked the uh the management oh, oh you wow. know i want the uh, lease and then of course um when we're done and was was good because had um we did the the early evening show with don five nights a week and then we had like an hour and a half and then to get to the next showroom or you know, then had the LE show you know so i was oh, doing wow. pulling Oops, both man. yeah and then at the same time on the my off day which is really wasn't my off day was a uh, sunday night i was uh pulling bass for nohelani cipriano wow, okay. i was wow. doing that for for a few years and then in the day i had a full-time job i was a teacher yeah <laughs> I was a music teacher. teacher. Yeah, I was. I was with the DOE. Oh yeah, what wow. school? Yeah, all over actually. Wow. I was like, uh, sort of like the, the. Uh, Mr. Avial. Honolulu, yeah, <laughs> the Honolulu district, uh, like uh, what would you call it, a music um, resource teacher. Oh. Yeah. So I did that for like seven years, and then I, it just got so busy, and then that's when. Hopper came into play when Barry oh, offered me, yeah. you know, be yeah. one half. So I ended up quitting my day job. And then I ended up quitting Don Ho and the LEs just to go full time with with uh, with Hapa. Fair, yeah. Because that, that site was busy and I kind of made up my mind I wanted to go that way. And Don actually told me, he goes, you know, actually he literally came up to me, he goes, hey, Nathan. <laughs> and he heard me sing, that's why, at uh, uh, one time. And he realized, oh, you know, his brother can sing. So he goes, hey, Nathan, you know, I'm not going to live for long. You know, you better start thinking about your solo career. <laughs> wow, that's exactly really? what he said. Wow. And then th that that kind of I saw it as giving me an opportunity to go with Hapa. But the, right before, just by coincidence, the year before that, I put out my uh, first album, that Aapo my album, which uh -huh. just blew yeah, blew yeah, up. You know, I was deal. shocked because that's the first time I actually I wrote songs all the time, but I never wrote any Hawaiian music. Like I said, I wasn't into Hawaiian yeah, music. Yeah. So uh, again, Don. Um, kind of pushed me in the corner because you know say hey, you write good music but i don't think you can write hawaiian music yes literally <laughs> wow. so that night literally i went i went home and i was writing right in the middle challenge of, you yeah challenge oh. so i was right in the middle of i had the opportunity to uh put an album together and then that night because of what he said i, I put a simple few chords like and tried to make it hawaiian if you will and then i asked my father for help I put a little poetry together and he transcribed it or transposed it to uh, Hawaiian. Hawaiian. So your dad oh. was fluent Hawaiian? Yeah. But you weren't at the no. time? No. Oh, really? Yeah. And then from there, I then managed to put that song on and then I wrote another Hawaiian song on that same album and then I released it and lo and behold, that, that song became <laughs> song of the year. <laughs> my very first Hawaiian song and then that album became album of the uh, year Hawaiian oh album of the year I was like I guess I'm going down that road <laughs> 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 and then of course about a year after that uh, uh, Barry from Hapa came knocking mm. so I thought ah you know do that and ever we'll since then you've been me. the busiest guy I've known uh, traveling around the world and doing doing music man I, I was until the pandemic yeah, <laughs> I would literally was going to uh, Asia at least once a month. Yeah. yeah. Like crazy. So how did you, I mean, how did you do well, your pivot? I, I would say you were the busiest guy that did not have a halal. Because <laughs> 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 there were guys that go all the time, but they yeah. had the halal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You were going yeah. out for concerts. Just straight yeah. up concerts. 
Yeah, yeah. or maybe Weldon. Weldon went yeah. a lot. Yeah, Weldon, Weldon does. Weldon yeah. does. Yeah. But a lot of everyone well, has. wife also has a Hololo, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See, so like, that helps. Nathan was just playing. But he didn't marry somebody who has a Hololo. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Can we so, talk about Don? Like, I think. Oh, wait, sorry. Devin had a. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just asking about um, like the, the pivot you had to make during the pandemic. I mean. Oh. That you know, it's and it's still tough. You know, oh, my my belt is like on the last hole right now. <laughs> Man, I don't need belt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's been super challenging. You know, uh, positive in a sense where I'm home a lot because at one point I was pretty much gone like six, seven months out of the year. Wow, like literally gone. I rarely performed over here. You know, because I noticed. Uh, I'm very fortunate that a lot of my fans are outside, whether it's on Asia side, Japan, or like uh, the mainland. Uh, so it was very lucrative, mm-hmm. you know. So that that part is was very good. Uh, but I, the, again, at the same time, because I'm gone six, seven months out of the year, and then I get grandkids now, three of them. Wow. And uh, but it was it's been good in that sense. We're 16 months now, ish. I'm home all the time, right? So, oh. I know you've been trying to set this up. He's like, oh, I gotta go pick up my grandkids. Yes. <laughs> How's like, that one? I know. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Yeah, I think the first few months was like, wow, this is a nice change of pace to actually be home yeah? and kind of relaxing. Yeah. And then a few more months go by and like, hey, <laughs> you know, I think I, I think I need to get back to work because then now it's like, oh my God, like when is this thing gonna pick yeah. up again? You know? Yeah. So yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been yeah super tight, and luckily you know um, we're we're managing you know we're managing. But uh, I I thought it was gonna start opening because uh, just what two maybe a month and a half ago, all of a sudden I just started getting cr- crazy calls. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I so went to Lanai, went to Maui a couple of times. I just came back from San Francisco, and then everything got <laughs> shut down again. Yeah, you know, okay. and so a lot of my um, shows that were starting to book like this month and next month and the following month they all postponed it so we got to wait again yeah well all of the super proprietors slash gig workers are poor ran out this month too the pandemic assistance oh yes so you know i was wondering how is the musicians gonna you know handle now because they there's no unemployment benefits anymore for that too it's crazy you know, my wife kind of made a little statement, which was really interesting. She, uh, and she said it about early last year when the pandemic started. She said it's going to end up where we're forced to almost think of Darwin's theory of survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. You know, the government only can do so much or we're going to bankrupt, you know. Yeah. So we may have to get to that point, forced to get to that point where, sorry, guys, you know, we kind of either just open up everything and and hope for the best you know everybody get vaccinated you don't want to get vaccinated well you know uh good luck you know that kind of stuff Uh, and it looks like we're getting there you know i hate to say that but that the the economy not going to survive unless something serious happens you know and then right before things started tightening up again the economy was kind of good i mean like you know Store has been doing well. Business been doing well. Tourism was up, but I mean, this happens again. And just what three months ago, I just started up again. It's all right. It's okay. Okay. Is this the Dyson? 
Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Costco. The thing's well, supposed to take expensive. away all the um, yeah. air purifier, too. Oh. So I bought them when um, the eruption happened because I thought it was going to get vlogged. Yeah, yeah. So I, I bought So them. how much is something like that? Costco is like maybe 100 bucks or something. It wasn't too expensive. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. That's about the same as a, uh, the big Vornado. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Vornado is a little bit too, like, directional for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, unless you're in that direct path, you're not going to get... They push, I mean, but they push a lot of air. Like, this mm. doesn't push the air as strongly, mm. but it circulates pretty it, well. Yeah, I realize that because it, it's off now, yeah? Yeah. 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 But when we first started... So I was telling you why it's cool. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Yeah. It, I don't know how to turn it on. Devin had it on timer, that's why I think. No. Oh. Are we recording already? Anyway, yeah, we're recording. <laughs> I'm going to stand <laughs> like that. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to be talking. We're almost what? done. Anyway, so sorry sorry about that, but uh, you maybe I don't know if you can see me, but I'm off to the side. Because of the sun, the computer overheated, so in the middle of this thing, I had to, we had to stop and restart. So so we're, we're good again. We're going to continue on with Nathan Alvial. So Kyle... Why don't you ask a question about Don Ho? How was it performing with Don Ho back in the day? Because, you know, like us guys, we, I think we grew up in a generation where we just missed watching him on the regular pictures mm-hmm. perform already. But, you know, being that you travel with him and stuff, how was it? Was he, was he a consummate professional? Was he a performer? You know, um, mm-hmm. did he like to party? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the kind of legend that we hear, right? Like he, he, would, he would drink and party and right, kind of... Right go on stage and stuff as so far as the parting uh i think i came after that already he, oh, was, did. he was pretty mellow but i did hear stories of it you know um but yeah i, I as far as parting i've never i didn't see it i was with him for 16 years so um i enjoyed it really enjoyed it actually you know he of course reminded reminded everyone who was the boss but yet he was very uh very giving person um i always tell people when they ask me that how is it working with Don I said there's a reason why uh, I was with him for 16 years you know he took care of us you know uh, and then we used to go golfing every Friday mornings me <laughs> Don Ho Don Ho's wife and uh, uh, Benny Chong wow. every Friday mornings we used to go no mess but it was hilarious because Don had this thing where he loved to look for golf balls Meaning, like, we would play at this place called Koolau Golf Course, which is, at that point, oh, was... Get playing, get playing, oh. yeah. One of the toughest <laughs> golf courses in the world. <laughs> yeah. He literally, on certain holes, he would bring um, trash bags, Don, <laughs> and he goes, okay, I'll see you guys on the third hole, whatever. And he would go down into the, the little pit area, whatever, yeah. and you couldn't see him because he was um, down in a pit. And that um, rush, YYZ. Yeah, yeah, YYZ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the coolest That's another story. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Alviaho has YYZ. YYZ. Which is awesome. From Rush. Okay, anyway, sorry. But yeah, no, he would uh, go down and then for like a few minutes, and we would be still moving down to the, uh, uh, the fairway, and from afar, you would hear. Nathan! <laughs> Nathan, I need help! Like, oh shit! So I had to turn the buggy around, go all the way back. I'm yelling like, where are you? Follow my voice! <laughs> he go off, off, off the course and into the mountains. It, it, down into the down into the valley and everything. So oh. I finally see him coming up. He, he's having a hard time come up, yeah? So I would have, have to help him. And I'm like, okay, 
it wasn't that hard to come up but the reason why it's hard for him is because that trash bag that he brought full. down was literally full of golf balls what do you do with it though and and this is the best part <laughs> he would take it home and like maybe after golf right we would sit down at his house and you know just have a few drinks and eating his favorite was um, dried roasted peanuts out of the shell right and um all of a sudden you hear he would throw all the balls into his washing machine to wash it. Wow. Serious. <laughs> what? And then after it was clean, he would give them away. <laughs> so, <laughs> he loved so doing like, that. Wow. It was hilarious. That's crazy. And every single time we went golfing, he always had like two big bags, trash bags. <laughs> that was like an Easter egg hunt for him. It, I don't know what it is, but it, it, that's why it used to crack me up because here's this guy that's a multi-millionaire right right and but he never forgot where he came from yeah. his simple simple life when he was young and stuff <laughs> but never forgot and all that must be nice because he, he like it's like he picked them himself yeah you know yeah. <laughs> although it's just yeah. i picked these golf balls for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's hilarious and we always knew like as golfers right we need you golf. We need golf balls. So we just go Don's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how pandemic. much golf are you? How much golf are you playing now? What's, uh, what's during the during the pandemic, I play like about four or five times a week. Oh, wow, wow, a week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so got good then. Are you the scratch then? Huh? Uh, no, I'm not scratch. No. I wish I was. I'm, and I've been taking lessons. Okay. Yeah, uh, I saw that video actually. My my, f- my first true lessons. I've been yeah. playing for playing golf for thirty years, and you know. There's sometimes I am really good and sometimes I'm really bad. You yeah. know the inconsistency. The joys yeah. of golf. <laughs> I tell you, toughest sport I ever got into. But then uh, this time around is uh, I I just thought you know let's do something right and mm. and the opportunity was there and I'm I'm enjoying it and my friend uh, we joined me uh, my middle school classmate middle school high school and he lives in Kaneohe as well yeah. so we just meet 7 o'clock in the morning at Kolau Golf Course and we walk yeah. so that's part of my exercise you know oh, nice. besides playing and stuff dude that's a walk yeah man. that's tough because if you if you all over the place on the course oh, yeah. and you, you carry, you you carry your bag huh? you just carry your bag no no I have a cart yeah because they don't allow uh, carts. The, the carts anymore oh. so yeah so it's it's a hard if you've been there you know how you oh, got yeah. steep yeah. hills oh and yeah like but then they're not allowing carts because it's literally closed to the public now so what happened was there's uh this guy that was once uh a head pro at wildlife country club he took over the golf course at kolau and he made it his um school his private school so you while you you pay for your lessons you also get to play golf oh, over okay. there yeah so, but the the downside about it is, if you're not in shape, that's not a good place to walk. So let me tell you, <laughs> or if you're a bad golfer, it's <laughs> really not a good place. I to still play. remember the first time I said, I told my friend, "Hey, let's go do the 18." Yeah, we're walking up the 18. I swear, I thought I was gonna die. I was, like, <laughs> 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 I was wheezing and everything. <laughs> Was it you that um, waved to John? While yeah, yeah, we're Bobby Madero. Yeah. Bobby Madero, right? <laughs> What's so funny because we were like all the way down by the uh, I don't know fifteenth hole or something, and then I could hear the music, and then I told uh-huh. my friend, "Hey, that sounds like my friend Bobby Madero." He goes, "Oh, you know him?" I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know the group." And oh, we're coming up finally, we get up to eighteen, hit the tee, and coming up closer and closer. Then I heard his laugh. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was so funny how we're not even nearby. We're like in the fairway of the 18th, but then I'm like, 
Ah, freaking Portuguese. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> He's so loud. <laughs> so he, was, he will agree. He will agree. <laughs> yes. Dude, he came onto this podcast and he sat about three feet away from the microphone and I had had to turn down the volume. Yeah, that's clear to so the Yeah. So, so no worries. That's we, didn't even, we didn't really have to ask him questions. We got started yeah. with, this is Bobby Madero. And then he just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he talked great. for an hour and a half. <laughs> But cool guy, very nice yeah, guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he's yeah. the best. He's the best. Do, do you have a favorite course that you play here? I have to say Koalau, but no, no, really? no. Uh, my <laughs> my favorite course uh, is the Lynx. Oh, okay. Out North Shore. Yeah. Yeah, I love that course. I don't get to go out there much, yeah. even though I live on that side. But um, yeah, that's probably probably my favorite course on this island. Uh, Koalau second, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, you play a lot of challenging courses. My yeah. goodness. Um, I had one other question uh, for you with regards to the jazz part of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how has your affection for jazz sort of uh, bled into your music in general? It's totally, it's totally a, a, a part of it. Including even uh, everything else. Like I said, I grew up. In, in that sense where I heard a lot of jazz a lot of classical Mm -hmm. but I also heard a lot of folk music you know so because as a songwriter I'm I constantly write I cannot turn it off Mm. and um so uh, for example the melody will always come to me first and then I'll grab my guitar or grab go on the piano and when I start playing I can automatically hear movements on that song whether it's a simple melody or not yeah. instead of playing um, C and then G or C F C G you know real basic I actually hear movements because I was always taught from long time ago even before I got into college even with my father um, to support the melody is the most important thing so if you're just playing basic C chords you're not really supporting the melody by choosing the right notes putting it in the right spots and having it move along and stuff that's how you enhance the melody that's how you lift the melody up and hmm. you know things like that oh, so a lot has to do with orchestration yeah. understanding orchestration and a lot has to do understanding arrangements and, and how notes work how leading tone works and all those little things you know which is really interesting because when I got to college and we started going to the theory part I was surprised because I knew all that already Oh wow! Just cool. because growing up, you know, when I started learning guitar, I told my father, "Hey, you know, why is this? Why is that?" Or, or I would ask him, "How do you play like a basic C chord or whatever?" So he'd show me like four or five different ways, and then I started figuring figuring it out. When I went in back into my room, think you see all these certain patterns appear all of a yeah. sudden. You know, even on piano, same thing as guitar. There's certain patterns that repeats itself, whether w- you're in a different key or, or not, you know. Yeah. I just didn't know what the the name of it was, theoretically, you know. Then when I got to college and they start talking about secondary dominance and all that stuff, it's like, oh, I know that. I just didn't know the techno- it's term, it's you know. This instead yeah. of that, right? So it's really interesting. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, and, the, and the, I think the... The interesting thing about jazz too, the the spontaneity that it gives you, yeah. uh, right? That's sort of built into the the art form itself. Yeah, uh, is interesting because you know you watch somebody playing Hawaiian music. It's mm. 
open the song, and once you get to Haina, the song is pow. Right. Like it's it's very it's uh, it's very simple in the build, and so it's interesting that your jazz background sort of feeds into some of that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I find that fascinating. I do love organization. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I talk about lending a certain piece of jazz into what I created uh, in the uh, music uh, Hawaiian genre yeah. it's a lot has to do with with chords right for example You're instead of playing support thing again. right instead of playing maybe a basic C chord I'll do like a C 13th chord or like um, moving from what they call cadence like if you I don't know if you sorry if I'm getting too no, okay. beyond but if we're in a C in a key of C the G7 chord is what they call the cadence chord because when you strum the G7, your ear will automatically tell you go to C. You understand that, yeah? But G7 is is a basic chord, but I like to go, instead of from G7 to C, I like to go G13 or G13 flat 13 or G9 to uh, what they call flat 13. It just makes it a little more interesting. Like you go, oh wow. It's a kind of cute little kick going mm. to that chord, you know, and that's part of what enhances the melody, the moving, because it, it gives a little more tension, yeah. and then boom, release. You know what I mean? Oh, and wow. Everything kind of like you, bre it's breathing. The yeah. song is breathing when you do the, all those little things. Oh. And the nice thing about Nathan is he knows where to put it because there are guys that. I'd say overdo it a little bit, mm. <laughs> and then you do. See, you bit over what you <laughs> You guys, you guys gotta see this. I wish we had a video. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious to see John. <laughs> I'll take a picture and then we can post <laughs> it. Post a picture with it. Anyway, anyway, sorry, anyway, what anyway I was say, say hi, John. If you if you do too much of it, as I was mm. saying, mm. then then it becomes a little bit too complicated. Very true. People can't catch. Very true. You know, then yeah. it goes a little bit over people's right. heads, right? Oh. Right. So you just want to you want to tastefully put it right. in there. Right. Exactly. That's tastefully. Yeah, but that's what makes it different than just you know just your standard strumming. Well, I think that's what makes Nathan's music stand out too, because yeah, yeah. When I first got turned on to high sessions, the first thing I saw was you playing. Mm -hmm. That was because he was the one of the earlier performers, and I was blown away by that one song and that one performance that you did that he aired you know and i was like it's it's incredible the sound that came out of it you know with the mm, bass and everything and i was just tripping out so i always remember that performance as part of the beginning of high sessions you know yeah okay so last question for this yep. section if you were stranded on a desert island for the rest of eternity by yourself and you could only bring three albums with you to listen to till the end of time what three albums would those be? And it cannot be a best of. That's the only rule. <laughs> Definitely would have to be uh, Chick Corea Electric Band, the first. Um, the other one would be uh, Simon and Garfunkel. I forgot the title of the album. Wow. But uh, it, that's the one that had um, uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And that's another story with that one because I remember I was in preschool. I was four years old and it was the last day I was graduating, right? Mm -hmm. So they had a little carnival going on for at the preschool. And I was four years old and the families and everybody came. And, and during the carnival, they had this biker dude come up. I even saw his bike. He was coming up and he had his guitar on him. And I was like, what is, what is this guy doing? And I was surprised that he 
was the entertainment. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So I just sat there and I was taking piano already by that time, singing a little bit. He comes up and he sings this song, Bridge Over Troubled Water. I was four years old. I never forgot that. I just started crying. Wow. Oh, wow. And my father looks at me. He goes, what's going on, boy? He said, I don't know what it is, but this is a great song. It's, 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 you know, I don't really understand what he's saying, but I love this song, you know. And uh, my father literally looked at my mom. He said, oh, I never forgot that. Four years old. He said, oh, the boy gets it. That's all he said. Wow. And that's what that, that whole situation, that song, just kind of turned me on to songwriting, literally. And I literally started writing my own songs at that time. By wow. that time, wow. yeah. Oh, what? and the, the album was Bridge Over Trouble One. Bridge Over, okay. Yeah. Thank you, that song. The third one, I can't really think. I, I, I move, I'm sure like all you guys, you know, when there's different new groups or whatever, you kind of take a liking. At this point right now, I'm like totally hooked to this group, which actually for the past couple years, let's put it that way, uh, a group called Dirty Loops. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Michael Grande introduced me to Dirty Loops. Uh, so like Dirty about Loops? Dirty Loops. They're Swedish band, trio okay. group. They're classically trained, all of them, right? Drummer, keyboard player, and uh, bass. bass player. And the keyboard player sounds almost like uh, Michael Jackson, um, like a, he Stevie, has a, Wonder. Yeah, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson mix, yeah. Yeah, just really? all, and yeah. incredible. Swedish guys, trio, right? When yeah. you hear them talk, they mean accent, everything, <laughs> right? But incredible jazz fusion pop group. Mm-hmm. And it, individually, they're like unbelievable. And then they would, uh, they, they're claim to fame, let's put it that way. They take popular pop songs um, and then they make it their own. They kind of put a twist on it. And that's where this jazz thing came in. Okay. They, they take jazz elements and then they put it in this pop stuff with all the chordal movements and punches in here and there. Go, go, one day, go, go, unbelievable group. Okay. Incredible. So I'm, I've been hooked on them for like the past five years. Yeah. Everything they're, they're that really they do. Good. Like literally, I'll break the whole music, their whole music down. I'll even transcribe something that I heard, like the horn section that they, they had in the background wow. and stuff. I'll write it down and just kind of see it, you know, like, wow. Well, great group. well, we're going to take a break now. We're going to cool. come back with the Patreon with Nathan Aviel. Maybe he'll sing a song or two. So maybe, that's why yes. you have maybe. to subscribe to the Patreon. Nathan, thank you much for being here. Thank Sorry you. again to everyone who listened. <coughs> this is going to be a hell of an edit because oh there's really? like wind everywhere. Oh, really? So I uh, apologize for that. But um, man, he was here. So we had to get this interview. Yeah, I got, you him. Know? got him. All right. Okay. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute. See you. Cool.